Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. And there's no annual contract. Get your TV together at directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I am your host, John. Very happy to be here. My boy, Jay, his over there in the six. How you doing, baby? Good, man. Ready to talk about these thunders. We go way back. As, as a word fan, we go way back. I'm so excited to talk about, about it. <laughs> definitely, definitely. My boy, Junior, in the 714. What's going on, baby? Man, happy to be here. Excited to talk about the thunder electrifying young team a team for the future of course because they have 1,000 draft picks over the next couple years so really excited to kind of talk to Alex here and see how he how he feels about the future that's an interesting team yes sir man very interesting team so you know for a very interesting team we had to bring a very interesting and educated guest so Alex we are very happy to have you on for this Thunder episode and talk about the Thunder so I don't know if you want to Introduce yourself a little bit, talk a little bit to the fans about yourself and how you became a Thunder fan. Uh, sure. So um, as far as my, you know, as far as becoming a Thunder fan, just like anything else, living in Oklahoma, um, I was first a fan of the Hornets whenever they came to Oklahoma City because of Katrina for those two seasons. Um, and then when the Thunder came in, you know, you just, it's, it's civil, it, it's civil fandom. You know, you just have to cheer for the team that's closest to you that you can get season tickets for. Um, so, you know, got season tickets for them, went to the games and, you know, fortunately for us, that team matured very rapidly. And so they started off very bad, but got very good very quickly. And it's just something that, you know, I think for the fan, for the fan base, Oklahoma City fan base now, you know, it's, it was kind of a Cinderella story for those first 10 years. You know, there, there were some downs, you know, some ups and downs and stuff like that. But I think now you're starting to see what a real, NBA franchise has to go through to get good again and so you know this is this is a maturation process for the fan base also definitely definitely and and, you know you 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 kicked it off perfectly you know the first question that that we that we love to ask here is you know as as a Thunder fan are you content with how the year went and you just you know you kind of answered the question by 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 telling us that you know the Thunder came out as a franchise had a lot of early success, but now they're realizing the, the real ups and downs that you, that you have to go through uh, to become a successful franchise, you know, like the Lakers, like the Spurs, like the Celtics and, and, and all of those, uh, those great franchises. Um, but Alex, are you, are you content with, well, I, we, we know you're not content with how the year went, you know, you guys are 14 seed, 22 and 50, like that, that's difficult to be, to be happy with, but are you content with how the year is playing out uh, heading into the off season? And now that you guys with the, the draft picks that you guys made and the moves that you guys have been made, been, been making. So, I mean, just kind of like to reference the question that you made or the, like the kind of the statement that you made. So I, I wasn't happy with the year because we went into the year wanting to, wanting to get a worse record than we really did, you know, and, and putting us in a position to where we could maybe get a higher pick than six, like we did in this draft. And of course, lottery luck is lottery luck. It's bad luck. It's good luck. You know, it's just the look of the draw sometimes. Um, but man, we started off this year, the first half of the year. And, you know, we had George Hill, we had Al Horford, we had a healthy Shea Gilgis Alexander and that team, the floor for that team was 
basically not where we wanted the floor to be. We wanted the floor to be a little bit lower. Um, and so, you know, we won a bunch of, you know, we won enough games to stay in the thick of it until the middle of the season. And then they traded George Hill. They sat Al Horford. And then, you know, SGA had his, uh, his plantar fasciitis injury. Um, and then we started tanking. But I kind of wanted us to start tanking before that because as a small market team, the way you get better is through draft picks. LeBron is not coming to Oklahoma City. You know, Jimmy Butler is not coming to Oklahoma City. Kawhi Leonard is not coming to Oklahoma City. Um, so you have to draft your stars. And so the way you draft it, you know, the way you get stars is you get higher draft picks. Um, and at six, we don't, you know, we don't know what Josh Giddy is going to be. Um, but, you know, we saw Cade Cunningham. We saw Jalen Green. We saw Evan, Evan Mobley kind of go in the draft. And it was just like, oh, those are the players we wanted. We're happy with Josh Giddy. We'll roll with him. But you really wanted those, those top three draft picks. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned the importance of for small market teams building through, building through the draft. And I mean, if that's the concept, if that's the roadmap, then you guys are in a very, very good place because you guys have tons and tons of, of draft picks. So, you know, for most of these uh, team interviews, what we do, Alex is sometimes before we get into, you know, the, 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 the negative stuff, we kind of like talk about the highlights but you know, there weren't there weren't many to talk about last, for last season. So I got a lot of players that I want to talk to you about because you guys are the youngest team in the league right now. You guys have an average age of 21, which is absolutely ridiculous, right? When if you really think about it, like we're talking about a grown man league and you got an average age of 21. That's crazy. So I got some players that I want to talk to you about and I want to see how you feel about them as some young players. So let's start with the number one guy we know over there in SGA, man. So talk to us about how you just feel about SGA just as a player, being a Thunder fan. Uh, how happy are you to land it on a gym like that? And 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 also, I just want to add one thing, too. If you could also talk about, a little bit about the Paul George trade, how you came to get SGA, how you felt when that, when that trade occurred. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, Paul George is a ready-made superstar. SGA is one for the future, but he's looking great right now. So we'll start there. We'll start with the, with the Paul George trade. Um, so, I mean, the Paul George, it, it's funny. Like, as, as, a, as a Thunder fan, you were conflicted because you saw, like, Paul George is a superstar. Russell Westbrook was a superstar. And you were like, hey, we, we have these two guys in tow. But, you know, we had Westbrook and Paul George for two seasons before that, and it was first-round exits. Like, as a real fan and as somebody that objectively you look at the team as – like a media member for the most part, you look at that and you're like, that's the cap for this team, man. This team can't go any higher than first or second round. You know, it just, it, you know, it's just the reality of the situation. And so when the trade happened, you know, I looked at the draft picks first. You know, I know we got Gallinari, Danilo Gallinari also. And I know we got SGA. And SGA, you know, he was coming off his rookie season. He was a promising player. Um, but to the degree where he has expanded his game to where it was last season I would have never seen that happen um, as far as when when we first made the trade so seeing how he played last season um, man I was impressed I was completely impressed you know I was a little bit worried that this guy was not a number one caliber guy Um, but he showed the chops last year and he showed that you know give him the ball in crunch time situations he's going to go ahead and and make the plays for the most part. Um, he led the league in drives, getting into the basket. Um, and so those types of things, like as long as he starts working on little things now around the edges. So if you're leading the league in drives, you should be in the top percentage of players getting 
free throw attempts. You know, you should be getting to that point. Um, and so, you know, getting those things in order and, getting, you know, working around the fringes, I'm completely happy that we got a guy like SGA in that trade. Like, <clears throat> I'm hoping that a couple years from now that trade is known as the SGA trade, not the Paul George trade. Right. You highlighted so many of other things that SGA does does well. But one thing that you talked about, you said, you know, he needs to fix around like the kinks, the, the kinks around the, the edges, you know, and one of the biggest things that I feel like people were saying about him is that he needs to put on weight. He needs to put on weight. But I don't know if you've seen that Instagram picture that he put up, man, recently, but SGA has been in the gym. He's been looking, he's been looking real big. And I actually have, um, I, I don't know if you would call this a hot take or not, but you know, some people were saying that SGA at, had his breakout year last year, but I think he's due for a whole nother level. Like I'm talking like this last year, he averaged, he averaged 23 points. I'm talking 26 and up level like SGA can do that especially in the situation that he's in in Thunder where he will get all the shots where where they will say SGA go out there and make all the mistakes and especially uh with Kemba being gone you know I thought when Kemba got there I was like oh man like it's definitely gonna take some from shots from 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 SGA but now you know the whole team being um being SGA's I, I still have a opinion that he's still due for that that breakout year but let me let me go to my guys okay jay hill um how do you feel about sga you know as a as a player do you still think that he's due for another breakout year um so just talk to us how you feel about that absolutely i mean he, last year uh, he was on on the verge of a breakout season i thought he was playing great even with and it showed even more i mean the year before obviously you guys didn't mention chris paul was a great mentor for him. And I, and I think that's really paid off and you've seen that even aided to the development of his game. And then we saw it with when he didn't really have much around him this past season. But for me, I always mention, you know, people, when they say players under 23, like who would you have, um, you know, as a player, you know, Luca, Trey Young, Jason Tatum, Zion. For me, SGA is like right if not in that conversation, but a tier below, just right on, you know, that second tier of a player who I would really want to develop. So I think the Thunder having him as, you know, their centerpiece, and it's clear that they're they're comfortable with that. I think that's a great direction they're moving in. Because, I mean, I think SGA, to answer your question, has a lot of room to grow on. And I think he's, his trajectory is only going upwards. Junior, what about you? How do you, uh, how do you feel about SGA? I think he's going to end up breaking out into, you know, a kind of a different level now. He's going to be in that Donovan Mitchell, Brendan Ingram, Jalen Brown, that realm of player now. I think, uh, I don't know if he's about going to be like maybe Tatum and Luka level quite yet, but I think that that Brendan Ingram, mm-hmm. that, 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 that Donovan Mitchell level, I think he'll, he'll probably give us that this year. And he's showing that improvement. One of the things, one of the things that I saw coming into this year was I thought that his numbers would increase because of volume, but I thought his efficiency would go down. And it was the opposite. His numbers increased, but his efficiency stayed or even increased a little bit more than what it was. And so that's what gives me promise and hope in coming into this season that, hey, he's putting on that muscle because he knows that in order to increase his points per game, in order to increase you know, his attacking the rim, he has to put on that muscle because he has to absorb the contact. He has to be able to, to take that contact um, in order to survive an 82-game season. Um, and so I think that the efficiency is going to stay the same, but I do think that those free throw attempts are going to go up. And you're talking about those four extra points, where are they going to come from? More than likely, they're, com- they're going to come from the line. Yeah, definitely, man. And, you know, Alex, um, let, let's put you in a quick hypothetical, man. You know, if, if Sam Presti hits your phone and he said, 
And he said, Alex, I don't, I'm, I'm getting some trade requests here for, for, for SGA, but I don't know. Is, is he untouchable? So to you, Alex, uh, is SGA untouchable? I mean, you always have to hear what the other per- what the other player is on that <laughs> trade. So like, 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 so, so like Jay Hill said, you know, if you're talking about Luca, if you're talking about maybe even Trey Young, maybe not Trey Young, because you know, you, you do have issues. You you do have deficiencies with Trey Young. You talk about Luca, maybe even Zion, Tatum, Tatum exactly. You're talking. You know, you, you you're taking that call. Anything past that, you're not taking that call. You know. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So let me let me ask you a question here really quick. I'm going to I'm going to sidetrack a bit, but um, the th- there's a lot of teams throughout the league. Some of them are, you know, in win now mode. A lot of them are in, you know, win later. And obviously, I think the Thunder is the biggest win later team there is right now. Right. Especially with all the draft picks as a Thunder fan. How do you feel about that? Knowing that you're going into the season, it's probably going to be a losing season. Uh, you know, you're kind of just planning for the future, you know, 2024, 2025, like. How, how do you feel about that? Do you, do you, would you rather go win now and, you know, forget all those picks? Like talk to me as a Thunder fan, how you feel about this win later situation where, you know, you're not going to see results for three, four five years. Yeah. So like I can talk to you as a Thunder fan, but I know most Thunder fans, most lay fans are not going to be, are, are not going to feel this way. Like okay. I know coming into this process that it's going to be a couple seasons where they, it, it looks bad. You know, mm-hmm. this season's going to be bad because we're going to be playing a ton of young guys. Like, we're going yeah. to be playing Giddy 30 minutes. We're going to be playing Poku, you know, 30 minutes, Baisley 30 minutes. Like, all those players are going to be getting time. And young players make mistakes. You know, they sometimes young players go out there and they got momentum on their side and, yeah. you know, they take a game or two here and there. Um, but you're going to lose a lot of games. And it's going to be ugly, too. They're going to be yeah. ugly losses, too. Um, and so as a Thunder fan myself, I know that com- coming into it, you know, Sam Presti put out that, he, you know, he put out that letter in, in, in the Oklahoma in a couple of years ago and saying, look, this is going to be a process. It's not going to be something that's done overnight. It's going to take time. And so, like I mentioned at the beginning of this, Thunder fans have been completely spoiled and they need to realize that for a small market team, in order to get good, you have to be bad. That's the reality of the situation, right. we, you know. LeBron's not coming through that door, you know? So um, I know that it's going to take time. The rest of Oklahoma City Thunder fans, do they know that? They'll, they'll get to know that real quick, you know, because it's going to happen. But what you need to do, you know, what they need to do is just enjoy the process. Enjoy these young guys growing before their eyes because, hey, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, they were all rookies and first-year players whenever we got them also. And they went through their bumps and they went through their – development so we got to give these guys the same chance right so, so Alex as we transition to our next segment here uh we move into our clutch talk timeout so what I usually ask our guest is you know who is your go-to player like who is the clutchest player who is the the player you're going to in crunch minutes crunch time um and, and for me I, I when I look at, at your roster I see you know Lou Dort who's who's made a couple big shots for Great for player. instance I think of you know, he, he's a gritty player, but obviously I, I think, you know, I have my answer. But who, who is it for you? Who's your, your crunch, like, clutch player you're going to night in and night I mean, out? I mean, the obvious answer is going to be SGA. Right. Um, but, I mean, but, but you, you want to get in situations where you have close games, you know, where you can give Lou Dork an opportunity to, to maybe take a last-second shot. You give Baisley an opportunity to take a last-second shot. 
know, this is going to be, this is definitely going to be a year of exploration in different scenarios, different situations. Um, and so if a team knows that SGA is going to get that ball at the end, they're going to probably double team him. And so who's going to be open, you know, Poku, is, is he going to be open? Maladon, is he going to be open? So, you know, more than likely SGA, but if the defense is keyed in on him, you know, I'm, I'm thinking probably Dort or probably Baisley. Okay. okay. That makes sense. And then since you, you've kind of brushed off, you talked about, you know, a bit more about their roster. Who, what is your starting lineup looking like next season and kind of rotation? And does your starting lineup, because I know you got a lot of players in the backcourt with Giddy looking to get minutes uh, as a rookie, you got Lou Dort. Obviously, you mentioned Baisley and then kind of your second unit. And, and what's that looking like for, for the upcoming season? So I think the starting lineup is going to be extremely fluid this year. Um, I think I think your your mainstays are going to be SGA and Dort and Baisley. I think those are going to be your mainstays. Um, if I'm going to go ahead and say opening night, who my starting five is, I say SGA, Dort, um, probably Poku at the three, Baisley at the four. Um, and then favors at the five. Um, and so my second team, you're probably going to have Maladon at the, at the point, uh, probably Poku. I mean, I'm sorry. Um, then Maladon, you have uh, Trey Mann, you know, the, the other rookie that we got, giving him some time. Um, Ty Jerome, he's out there. Like you're going to have, this team is going to go 10 deep every night, you know, so you're going to have a fluidity about this roster. It's going to be, it's gonna ha- it's gonna be headache piercing sometimes, you know, as far as like guys going in and out of the lineup. But you know, you get you're gonna have a ton of opportunity for development uh, with this team. I got I got I got a player I got a player Alex that I really want to ask you about because I personally am just rooting for him and I've been rooting for him ever since he stepped in the league and that's Darius Bla- Darius Baisley man. Now we were talking about we've been talking about him uh, s- several times throughout the pod. I just like him so much because like if he can figure out we're talking about a six eight player with a seven foot wingspan, but he's just so inconsistent. He just can't put it together. He can't string it in enough games. So I wanted to get uh, get a sense of how you feel about him and what 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 do you want to see uh, uh, the Thunder do with him uh, moving forward. So, I mean, as far as anything with Baisley, if he can get some consistency on his jumper, his three-point jumper, that's going to open up a whole new realm for him um, because that's the one thing that's kind of holding him back is the three-point jumper. You know, he has a – he tends to take jumpers that aren't very set. You know, he tends to take, you know, running jump shots. He tends to take just jumpers off the dribble that don't need to be taken. Um, and so I'm hoping that this is this is actually his first real offseason, like, you know, heading into his into his rookie year. You got to remember that he hadn't played basketball or organized basketball the year before that. You know, he went and did that internship over at New Balance. So he did that. So that's an entire year loss right there. And you lose things whenever you don't necessarily play five on five all the time. Um, and so he came into the league and then we had the whole COVID thing. And then last year was kind of a crazy year also. So this is actually the first offseason that he's had to go ahead and kind of work with the Thunder personnel, you know, say, hey, you need to work on this. You need to do this. And so I don't know if you guys saw that clip of him, you know, summer league basketball highlights. They all they all showed the good things. But, man, that jumper that he had in those highlights was looking very wet. It was it was it was looking very nice. Um, And so can that translate to the game? We don't know. But in order for him to unlock 
his potential and unlock any type of consistency, he has to have that consistent three-point jumper. Um, because last year, he started a lot of the games at the end of the season by himself where he was basically the guy, and he struggled a little bit. He struggled with that role. Um, he started to learn how to drive in. He knew that you got to take it to the, to the whole strong, you know, and so you, you saw a lot more dunks later in the year. You saw a lot more, like, just in-your-face type stuff. Um, and so I'm hoping that he starts to combine all that stuff together, and I'm hoping that he starts to use his link on the defensive end. You know, he has that potential to, to be that, not, not necessarily a 3 and D wing, but to be a player that's good overall, like has, has, a, has an overall game. Um, and so that's what I'm hoping for him, and that's what I'm, I'm thinking the Thunder are looking. Because the thing is with Baisley, if he doesn't really work out this year, it may be time to try to, you know, think about trading him because he's coming up on an extension. Um, and so this is kind of a make or break year for him. So, and, and, you know, him and not answering his third year, if he doesn't have the year that um, you're expecting or nearly, nearly the year that you're expecting, would you be ready to let give him, put the bus label on him? No, I wouldn't. Cause he was, I mean, he was picked number 21. Okay. You know, so I wouldn't like anybody pick that late for the most part, they're going to be a project type player. You know, they're going to be a player that you want them to be a rotation player. I think the Thunder want him to be a little bit more than that. Um, and so I wouldn't put a bus label on him, but, you know, I would, I wouldn't necessarily start to think that, Hey, maybe this guy, we need Isn't to send this out. guy somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. And maybe get some assets for him. Okay. Okay. And then uh, another, another big player that I, I want to uh, see how you feel about him is, you know, player that we, we were mentioning, we all smiled for here on the, on the, on the zoom. We, for Lou Dort, you know what I'm saying? Lou Dort always gets, yeah. some, oh my God. always gets some love. That's Jenner's favorite player. <laughs> Jenner loves Lou Dort. I actually have a funny story. Like two years ago in the bubble, when, uh, um, when the Houston Rockets were, were, were playing Thunder, I remember Jenner would rave to me about Lou Dort. He's like, no, Lou Dort's uh, hard he's locking everybody he's, down. Hard <laughs> he's locking everybody down. And I used to always tell him, I was like, Jenner, Lou Dort will never be anything more than a role player in this league. But man, was I wrong, man, was I wrong? Cause I really thought that because, you know, if you look at that series, that bubble series, Lou Dort was scared to do anything offensively. He was scared to shoot. He was scared to take it to the hill, but he was a gritty, crazy defender. And I was like, man, like, this is the offensive league. The league is now offensive league. You know, yeah. players players thrive. You know, when they're when they're very well offensively gifted. So I was like, Lou won't be no more than a role player. But man, did he prove me wrong this last year? He improved his three point percentage from twenty nine to thirty four, taking double mm -hmm. the amount of shots that he takes. He's uh, just being aggressive, man. You know, being aggressive. You know, one of the I've been getting. You know, people just getting on Ben Simmons now, but I've been getting on Ben Simmons for. Years for years, I'm beginning because yeah. the biggest reason number I have one him, Ben Simmons hater here. I'm the no, number I'm one Ben kidding, Simmons no. hater because no, the I'm number kidding. one, the, the no, thing, uh, uh, right here, <laughs> <laughs> right here, number one, right here. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> because the you thing six, I you six, you six years you six years in the league, you ain't done shit offensively. You gotta you gotta step that up, homie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I, the thing I always used to say is, how can you be a point guard in today's league and be scared to shoot? Like at least try, at least try the shot. Man, but so and Lou Dort is an exact uh, example of someone who at least tried the shot and the shit worked out, man. So talk to me about Lou Dort, Alex. How do you feel about Lou Dort? Lou Dort, man, he's 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 the he's a heart and soul of the team, man. He's you know it's it's a guy that and he, and here's the crazy thing, like you look at Lou and you look at where this team is going, and a six foot four shooting guard out there 
Like, I don't think Lou Dort's future is going to be as a starter on this team. I think his future is going to be more as like a Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart role where spot starter here and there, especially with injuries. But for the most part, he's going to go in there. You know, he's going to be a bulldog defender. He's going to help you out offensively. And he's going to be doing – he's going to be in the finishing lineup in the at the end of the game. He's going to be in that lineup. Um, but I do think now what we're seeing with Lou Dort is, you know, there's literally 30 teams – there's 30 GMs out there that missed on him, including Sam Presti, you know, not necessarily drafted him in late in the first round or in the second round. Like, he was undrafted. He got signed to a two-way contract. Um, and the – the way that he's improved since then, man, it's just, it's amazing to me. Like he had a 40 point game against Utah last year. Like, just kind of like, think about that, man. That's Utah. That's not, that's not no scrub team either. That's it's number one, one team in the league. technically. Exactly. It's a yeah. number one team in the West. They got one of the best defenses in the league and he put up a 40 spot on him. Like he's, he's, he's a player that you look at him and you're like, I don't know what the heck to expect from him. Like, I don't know what he's going to give me from night to night but he's going to give me consistency and he's going to give me good defense. Um, he, I love him. I love him. I love him on this team, man. And I hope, hope we keep him for a long time. Uh, okay. And you know, with you saying uh, he's that he's one of those players that you don't know what to expect. Um, that actually leads me perfectly to my next question is, is Lou, I know he's not a untouchable talent, but he has mm-hmm. potential to be a, because if he plays out to what we think he's going to play out to be, Man, lots of player. Every NBA team w- once uh, on a team, he he knows yeah. his role. Play de- plays defense and can knock the shot, knock down the shots when he, w- when it's needed. Man, you know that's a huge on any, any NBA team. So, is he untouchable to you? Um, I, I think right now he is. Um, so right now he is because his value, he's underrated. He's making one point five million. You know, he's he's out there as a starter for the most part. Um, now revisit this question three years from now, whenever his extension kicks in and he's making 18 million, 19 million, because the market is probably going to dictate that if he keeps on this trend, you know, then that's a discussion that we can have. But right now, for the most part, he's untouchable. It's the same, John, it's the same exact thing I used to say with Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma is by no means a superstar, but he was getting paid, I think, 3 million. He was far outweighing what he was, what he was getting, like the, the talent to contract ratio for Kuzma was insane. And then he got that extension. Now he's playing for the Wizards. So it's the yep. same thing with, with, with Lou Dory. I mean, that talent to contract ratio, that's what dictates. That's because that's how you can bring in better players with bigger salaries because you have your Lou Dort's making one and a half million. That's the awesome part about it. You know, Alex, as, as we go ahead and start to wrap it up here, um, so we, we, for these team interviews, we usually ask two questions. We usually ask uh, these two Last questions, but for your interview, we're going to ask three because clearly, you know, we see that Thunder are in rebuilding stage. So I want to ask you a question. How many years until you guys get back into that playoff picture? Oh, I would put it at two years after this one. And the reason I say that is because. So we have like five draft picks coming up, possibly in this next draft, and then we have like six or seven possibly coming up in the 2023 draft. We're not going to draft all those players. You know, we're not going to use all those picks. And so what do you have to do? You're going to have to start to package all those things together to come up with either a package for superstar or a package for somebody. So I'm keeping my eye around the league. I'm keeping my eye on Minnesota. 
you know, if that doesn't work out man. here within the next two years, I could definitely see Cat saying, get me the hell out of here. And there's a relationship between Cat and SGA. You know, there's that Kentucky connection between them. Um, and so I'm not necessarily pining too much for Cat because defensively, he's not that great. Um, but as far as a player that can play with SGA and compliment him extremely well, if you look at what Al Horford did last year as a pick and pop big man, I can't imagine what it's going to be with, you know, with somebody like Cat. Um, and so if things don't work out in this next draft as far as getting somebody like Chet Holmgren um, or, you know, Paolo Bancaro, um, you probably need to start thinking about, hey, maybe Cat's available, maybe somebody else is available. Um, and so I, I do think that the, the team, the, the Thunder start to make big moves probably starting this draft, this upcoming draft, um, and, you know, see what we can get from there. So I, I do think probably two years from now before we start making the playoff. Okay, okay. And, and Jay, Jay Hill, what, what's, what's a predicament that you – what's a guess that you have? How many years until you see Thunder getting back into the, uh, the playoffs? Yeah, I'm right there with Alex. Probably like 2023-24 season um, when they, they have a chance to develop those pieces. Um, or, or they're, they're trading for a superstar, you know, the, the, in the next two years, there's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of free agents, big name free agents that are going to be either resigning or looking to, to go somewhere. So they could be on a one year deal or have however X amount of years on their contract. So perfect opportunity for a team like OKC to make a move. So two years, two, three years. And yeah, I mean, no, that's, that's, that's more than I if we want to look at teams in flux also, like my ultimate scenario is maybe like Boston or maybe like New Orleans because Boston, they're supposed to be a championship contending team. Um, you know, they were billed as that over the last couple of seasons and they, they have not gotten to that point. And so if they don't improve and the East is getting a lot better with the Bucks, with the Nets, you know, with the Heat. They don't Sixers. improve and they don't – yeah, the Sixers, like – I don't see them being better than any of those four teams. And right. so how, how long before Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown say, hey, get me out of here. You know, Boston's a big city, yay, but we're not winning anything and our cap our cap sheet is, is stuffed. Um, so, you know, it's, if there's going to be a lot of things that play out over the over these next two years um, that can be in the Thunder's favor big time. Yeah. Okay. So, Alex, tell me. Thunder obviously came to be a, as a team in 2008. Did you have a team that you supported before the Thunder? So, I mean, before the Thunder, of course, you know, the Oklahoma City had the, the Hornets uh, for two mm-hmm. seasons. Right, during so Katrina, supported, right? Yeah, during Katrina, Chris Paul's, okay. you know, first two years in the league. Um, supported supported them also, you know. I, I love that team, man. That, that team, okay. you know, I was a basketball fan before the Hornets arrived, but being able to see live basketball all the time, man, it just took my fandom up to another level. So, of course, I was a fan of theirs when they were in town. Um, and then before that, you know, just like any other kid in the 90s, you know, Michael Jordan, Chicago yeah. Bulls. Uh, Absolutely. So, yeah, that's, that's what sparked my love for the game. And you're, so you're, you're our insider source here on the Thunder. So let me ask you, are there a lot of Seattle Supersonic fans uh, that used to be Sonic fans that are now Thunder fans? Or, like, how do you see that? Because, nah, man, that's a – that's taboo, man. That's taboo to do that. Like, like I know, I, I know a couple people. Like, even like one of the people on my podcast, he actually lives in in Seattle. He's from Tulsa, but he okay. lives in Seattle. 
Um, and so, you know, he's, he's a dumbass that walks around with thunder gear and gets cussed out all the time. Um, but he's six foot four. So nobody messing with him too much, you know, but, but yeah, man, like, like, like that's, that's a little bit taboo, man. Like you had, you had some Sonics fans that in the early days, you know, this is, this is the team they cheered for. This is the team that they knew. So, right. you know, they became pseudo kind of Thunder fans. But I think as the years wore on, you know, I, I don't really think they stuck around. I think they're just they're kind of waiting for their team to to come back. Yeah, that, come back. They're ready for that. Which expansion. they should, man. I, I, I always should. keep saying I think the Clippers should go up there. Steve Ballmer, he freaking owns Microsoft. It's all out of Seattle. And yeah. then L.A. is already got a team like that's not going to happen. No, they're just getting a new <laughs> arena right now. But that would have been yeah. a perfect fit. It would have. It would have. Except, you know, Seattle's not as big as L.A. Yeah, that's yeah. true. True, man. All right, all right. So, um, so Alex, you know, as we go ahead and start to wrap it up here, um, we got we got these last two questions here for you. And um, so we know that you 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 think that it's going to take about around two years after this year for Thunder to to find their way back into the playoffs. But what about this next year? This 2021-2022 season. Where do you see the Thunder finishing? Uh, so I think it's going to be a competition between them and Houston uh, for the bottom of the Western Conference. Um, you know, I, I think I see them finishing with a top with a bottom three record. Um, you know, and that's kind of where we want to be. You know, we want to be in that position to go ahead and get you know as, as good a draft picks as possible. Um, so yeah, I, I think there. You know, and, and I'll be okay with that. You know, the thing is. When you have a rebuilding, when you have rebuilding seasons, you want to see two things. You want to see development from the players that you have. Um, and then you want to see, you know, interest in the team still. You know, you don't want to see an empty arena. You don't want to see things like that. So, you know, hopeful in development and hopeful in, you know, the lay Thunder fan kind of still sticking around and kind of still going to the game. Okay. Okay. And, and as we ask our last question here, Alex, um, what's, what's one word or one phrase that you would use to describe how you feel as a Thunder fan this past season that, that just happened? And then one word or one phrase that you would use to describe how you feel as a Thunder fan coming into this 2021-2022 season? So for last year, it would be patience. Okay. Um, and for this year, it's, uh, it's hopefulness. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that. Uh, Patientness and hopefulness. Okay. All right. That's put put that shit on a shirt. (laughs) Put that shit on a shirt for real. (laughs) I like that, Alex. I like that, man. Okay. All right. So, so you know, this is a good point for us to go ahead and uh, just move forward to uh, our closing segment here. We got called Guess the Player. This is how Guess the Player works, Alex. I have three players here listed uh, for you, Jay Hill, and Junior. You guys have to uh, guess which player it is. I have accolades. I have things that they did, numbers that they wore, teams that they played for. And then you guys each have two guesses. You can just blurt it out as soon as you, as soon as you get it, but you only got two guesses. Okay. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. All right. This is our closing segment here. All right. So active, active, active player, right? I got, Uh, okay. I got it. it, It's, it's all types. I got active and inactive. I'll, I'll I'll tell you this player, this player is retired. Okay. This player is retired. The first hint I'll give you is he is, he's a hall of famer. He played for six teams. He's a one time NBA champion. Gary Payton. No. Ooh. (laughs) He's I'm, 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 I'm thinking like, <laughs> yeah, you got to call it out quick. Yeah. He's a four time all-star. Tracy he's, McGrady. No, no. He's 
a one-time blocks leader, a two-time rebounding leader, and a four-time defensive player of the year. Oh, that's Ben Wallace. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, okay, Alex. That's good. That's my dude right there. That's bad. That's my dude. Yeah, I didn't he, know he was the 16s. But that's he, my dude he right just there. he he just recently got inducted to the Hall of Fame, man. So I had to show him some love. All right, all right. That's this uh, this th- this next player, he's still playing, still active. All right. So this guy, he's played on four teams. He's a two-time gold medalist, a two-time All-Star Game MVP, a nine-time All-Star, a three-time assist leader. Russell Westbrook. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Alex came on clutch talk not playing. Okay. You can't bring Russell Westbrook to a Thunder fan and not expect him to know his resume, man. I had to. Right. I, had to I had to throw that one in there. I had to throw that one in there. Okay. All right. Last player here. Last player. Hey, Junior and Jay Hill, you guys better get it together. Alex is right the floor clean right now. Real. All right. Here we go. Here we go. All right. This last player, he is a one-time three-point challenge champion. He is a five-time all-star, a one-time rebounding leader, a one-time NBA champion, a two-time gold medalist, a one-time most improved player of the year. This guy became the player that we know him to be in the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, Kevin Love. KG? Yes, yes, sir. Oh, Kevin Love. Yes, sir. <laughs> man, <laughs> hey, Alex came in here not playing today, man. Yo. What's up? Sweet. You guys, man, my Zoom crashed. I was out. Oh, your Zoom crashed? I was oh, out. Oh, yeah. Oh, I couldn't. I, I got the Google Doc open. I can't see. I couldn't see your no, Zoom. No, it's okay. It's all right. Who was the player, though? For for Jay this Love. last player, the very last one, yeah, Kevin Love. Love. That's a. I, I need to hear the hints later. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask him. <laughs> no, that's All awesome. Right, Alex man. get it? Yeah, Alex got it. Of yes, course he got sir. it, man. Come My on. guy, Alex, come on. Business today, man. All right, all right. This is a good place for us to go ahead and wrap it up, man. So, Alex, you know, we all want to thank you, man. Like, really, we want to thank you for coming on here and blessing us with your time. You're very, very knowledgeable. Not just a Thunder fan knowledgeable NBA fan. So uh, do you have any uh, last words to say here before we uh, sign off? Uh, no, man, just thank you for having me on. Um, if you want to check out the podcast, it's going to be uh, OKC Topic Thunder. Um, and just, you know, check us out, man. Check us out. Yes, sir, man. I, I'm a, for all the fans watching on YouTube. I'm gonna I'm gonna put Alex's is uh, Twitter and his and his podcast right there, right in his little bubble, man. So make sure you guys show him some love, man. And for everyone listening on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Alex, you want you want to just uh, shout the name of your podcast out one more time. Topic Thunder. Topic Thunder. That's perfect. That's perfect, man. So uh, for all the fans, man. So if you guys listen on Apple Podcasts, make sure to go show some love. So uh, Jay Hill, you got any last words to say here? For Alex and all nah, the Thunder Alex, fans. Alex, appreciate you coming on and excited to see what the Thunder do in the future as well. So, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. What about you, Junior? Yeah, no, just appreciate you coming on, Alex. It was a lot of fun. You know a lot about basketball, a lot about Thunder. You're, like I said, you're an inside Thunder source. So, it's good <sighs> to have you on. And honestly, you know, best of luck to the Thunder this upcoming season, the next couple of seasons as we see them unwind and, you know, Sam Presti's year, years long plan start to unravel.
Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, yes, sir. So don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, guys. And that's it. We out of here. Clutch Talk out. After you take Brandy to the prom, you coming back to school with shades on your head. Literally looks like a jersey that you would leave out on the side of the street to get picked up by the garbage company like the next day. Me and Matt say we're 6'4", but I think we're each probably an inch shorter than that. Me rounding up hurts nobody, helps everybody. Basketball tales so strange, you didn't know that you didn't know them. So listen up, y'all. It's NBA Storytime, available wherever you get your podcasts.